This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. This is Making Waves at Sea Level, the podcast for those who shake things up in business and are focused on growth and success. This episode is produced in partnership with the Austin Technology Council. ATC is a 30-year-old association that is focused on promoting and facilitating the growth of technology companies in Central Texas. Over the past three decades, the business ecosystem in Austin has changed, and therefore, ATC is actively changing too. Learn more at austintechnologycouncil.org. My name is Tom Singer, and I have hosted this podcast for eight years and over 725 episodes. And I am also the new CEO at the Austin Technology Council, and I'm really excited about this new role. And while this podcast isn't locally focused, in the coming months, I'm going to be interviewing a lot of thought leaders from Austin tech companies and the solution provider organizations who serve them. And today I am joined by Brian Beck. Brian is the co-founder and managing partner at Sabio Tech Partners. Now, they are a technology advisory firm to private equity firms to help them achieve greater investment value and reduce risk. Let's face it, every single company in every single industry uses technology. So, we all need to be paying attention to it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to talk about why technology matters when you're selling your business. And I know for some of you who listen, that's the goal someday. So, Brian, welcome to Making Waves at Sea Level. Hi, Tom. Glad to be here and thanks for having me. No, I'm, I'm glad to have you here. So, Brian, give me a little background, just short, about Sabio Tech Partners. Absolutely. Uh, we founded the company about four, almost five years ago now. Uh, my background is in, in technology, uh, you know, across the board. So, uh, my as, as, as my co-founder, so uh, we got a little tired of doing what we're doing and decided uh, let's figure out what we can do on our own and uh, founded the company uh, in early 2018. So, uh, with the goal of you know really how can we leverage what we know to make an impact to people and, and companies and, you know, not, not do what we were usually doing. Uh, so we've kind of focused on, on the smaller companies, uh, you know, middle market as a, as it's, it's called today, maybe smaller, smaller market companies, which may not have the capability to hire big firms and get, you know, so you know, we were trying to fill that gap, which, uh, which, uh, which I think we've done pretty well so far. Why did you center on those, those growth oriented, small and mid-sized companies? Yeah, exactly what I was uh, just saying. It's, uh, you know, 
we, so my background is in, in, you know, I've done a lot of consulting for big companies and, uh, you know, that's, they have the resources and, and the, the, the money to be able to uh, spend wherever they want it to and, uh, and can leverage that. But, uh, you know, smaller companies don't. And so we kind of saw that as a gap and we're trying to figure out like, what's the best way to do this. And so that's where we eventually focus. So I also have a background in financial services and, uh, we, uh, you know, so we focused on, uh, uh, you know, private equity because they, uh, you know, they have a very determined uh, focus in, in acquiring companies and selling companies, but you know, it, it so it matters to them and uh, that, but in the middle market, so that's generally defined as, you know, anywhere between gross revenues of a company, five to $300 million of revenue, uh, you know, in terms of companies uh, in that space, they don't have technology expertise. Uh, they don't hire staff. So VCs hire staff, uh, you know, technology experts and large, uh, and, and large, uh, larger private equity firms hire staff, but those guys don't, the middle market doesn't. And so we saw a gap there. So why is technology so important to the middle market investors? Why do the private equity firms care so much about technology if it's not a technology company? As, as you said in the, uh, in the intro is, you know, every business uses technology today. I mean, they're, they're, and you, you have to, almost. there's no way not to, uh, even if you're using Microsoft Excel, it's still technology, but, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the sheer amount of private equity money available has massively increased over the past decade. So the competition to do deals is, is fierce. I mean, they're looking for companies to acquire or take a majority stake in. So they are, you know, they're looking to get an edge in any way they can. And so a lot of, a lot of PE firms, which may not have been the case a while back have now really started to focus on the technologies companies use and not, not just technology companies, but every company. So it could be healthcare company, it could be what, what have you, how are they running their business? And so uh, they're paying a lot closer attention to technology and that's, that's what we do is, you know, we're, we're focused on the technology a company uses. And uh, so uh, in, in essence, you know, I like, we like to say technology matters <laughs> and, and, you know, why is that, you know, uh, and, and this is the way private equity is starting to see the world as well is that, you know, it can help create value. It, it, it's a, it's a difference maker in value creation. And that really just gets to your business strategy. You know, what are you trying to accomplish in over five years, for example, uh, you know, can technology help you get there? Yes, absolutely. It can, um, you know, scale. Every private equity company is looking to grow your business somehow, whether that's acquiring other ones and quote, bolting it on to that or, uh, or just organic growth, just ramp, massively ramping up your markets, different geographies, et cetera. Well, scale is hard. <laughs> and, and that's uh, anybody who's tried to run a company gets that. It, it's very hard to grow and then grow quickly. Well, how can you help do that? Technology can help you do that, um, and then uh, yeah, risk uh, is the other factor. As you mentioned uh, in the intro, is there's a lot of risk though as well in technology, and I think the most obvious that everybody would recognize today is cybersecurity. Uh, we've all seen the massive, you know, headlines and big companies getting hacked, small companies getting hacked, you know, the power grid, etc. So that is a major focus that private equity is looking at today, and. It, it makes a significant difference when uh, upon uh, evaluation. But at the end of the day, ultimately, technology will impact the value of your company. So what, what a private equity firm would offer you uh, will be impacted by technology. 
So, I mean, this obviously, duh, it sounds, it sounds, it sounds simple. Can you right. give some examples? You don't have to name names of the company, but how bringing better technology in has made them more productive, gotten them better valuations and made them run better. What, what, what's a real world example of this? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, so we've done, so I don't, I can talk about this later, but we, you know, what, what we primarily do is technology diligence. So, you know, in, in a diligence process, so we've, we've looked at, um, you know, over 50 companies in the time in, in, since we started, since we started Sabio. Um, and, and you see all, it's all over, you know, you see things all over the map and yeah, we've seen, we've seen over 50 companies uh, in, in the diligence process and we see various different, you know, you know the, the quality of the, of what they, how they use technology varies greatly. And so an example, uh, a couple of examples. So one we saw, uh, we did a, an analysis of a company that, uh, had a pretty significant cybersecurity issue, and you know they were really not aware of that. And uh, it was it was significant enough that the the PE firm that we did the diligence for when they were negotiating the deal decided. And it's not just what that's one of the factor. There were other factors, but it was a significant factor that they lowered their offer uh, in, into the company, and the the, the 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 target company did not accept the deal. So it, it, it you know the deal was killed and then that cyber issue was pretty significant. Um, you know, we, one of the things we look for is red flags and that was, that was probably one of the bigger red flags there is uh, on the other side of the coin is, you know, we did an, uh, an analysis of a company that did, um, you know, they were, uh, they, they, they did servicing of medical equipment out in the, you know, out in the field. So they would go and they're, they're, their people went out and serviced, uh, you know, medical machines that in various different offices, et cetera. Now, uh, the, the gentleman actually was a CFO, but, uh, you know, he completely understood how technology can change the game and they had a, a full plan on how they were going to leverage various different applications and, and how those were going to all talk to each other. Uh, and uh, it was very well thought through and, you know, you, you don't see that very often, you know, when you talk with smaller companies, but he completely got it, if you will. And, you know, that makes a major impression on both us and the private equity firm that they're dealing with. So at the end of the day, we came back and said, these guys totally get it. And, uh, you know, the, that deal went through, you know, swimmingly, and you know they've uh, they've I've heard later that they've they've grown pretty significantly since then. So it it, it you know it, it does make a difference. So having you know out of the technology diligence, get getting a good report can can help you raise your valuation, get the deal done, move forward and grow. And if there's red flags, it can lower the valuation, and maybe the deal never happens. So that's that's fascinating to think that the technology that's in place can have that much impact on the relationship between the company and their investors. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how has technology and the technology landscape, if you will, how has that changed over the past five years since you've gotten into this business? How has that changed and what impact does it really have on, on the business and the owners of the business? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, technology, we like to see, you know, technology is, you know, just wait two years and everything will be different. Right. I mean, so five years is almost an eternity. Right. And, and, you know, I, most people are probably familiar with a lot of things they get in their daily lives, but from a business owner's perspective, I think there's a, there's a, there's a number of things that I think that, that, uh, that, that really come to mind. Um, as I mentioned already, cybersecurity, uh, you know, what we call DRBCP or disaster recovery or business continuity. You know, if, if you get hacked, what do you do? First of all, you don't want to get hacked. <laughs> you don't want to have a ransomware attack, A. So as prevention, 
But if you do, what's going to happen? And, you know, this is more and more and more an issue, as, I, as we said earlier. And so most firms just do not address this well. And we look for that. And as we just talked about, uh, you know, PE firms absolutely are looking for that. In fact, you know, I was uh, talking with someone the other day about uh, cybersecurity insurance. So there's insurance for these things. And because it's become such an issue, less and less firms are offering that insurance and it's costing more and more and more. So this is just a very, very significant concern that we will always look for. Um, I think the other, you know, the other major factor, and it's not necessarily new, but it's just becoming much more prevalent is the, the advent of cloud computing um, or, you know, some people it's also called software as a service, but it's, you know, it, it, you know, th- that has been a game changer for all businesses because now as a small business, you can take advantage of the same platforms and the same things that big companies do. So for example, just like Salesforce, salesforce.com, right? Everybody knows that. Yeah. A small company can use that and a big company can use that and you don't have to install anything on your, on your site. So um, it really has leveled the playing field. And in, in some cases, small companies have an advantage because they can go and pick and choose. They don't have anything they're already using. And it's like, so now I can look at the best of the best and I can figure out what I want to do. And so, you know, I don't, I'm sure that's not new news for, for, for most business owners, but we come across all the time, a number of companies that have still have running things in a, in a data center. They're still running their own applications, still build their own things. It's like, why are you doing that? And so uh, that's something, uh, something that uh, we always look for is like, are you fully leveraging the cloud? Um, you know, so, I mean, what, you know, what that, that has a lot of implications. So, I mean, it essentially means you just rent your software. You don't have to buy it anymore. And, uh, you know, that, that, that means a lot of things to a company when, when you start thinking about that, it's, um, it, it really means you don't need to buy as much equipment. I mean, how you pay for things is different. It's, uh, it's not, uh, a, you know, a, a capital expense. You don't need to have, uh, what they call, you know, cap, cap, capital expenditures, right? And now it's just an operating expense. It's just, it's just every month you pay your, you pay your rent on your software. Uh, that's significant. Um, but it also very much changes like your staffing. What people do you need to have? Uh, in your organization related to technology before you had to have people install servers and do all these things. And and to some extent, you're still going to need a little bit of that, but it, it changes the the staffing that you need. Um, So uh, it really shifts the resources much more towards cybersecurity because that's always going to be the case. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to hire someone, but you need to have someone be aware of that and, and what it means and bring in the right, you know, right partners. Um, and, you know, application experts. So if you are using Salesforce or you're using at various different, uh, you know, financial platforms, whatever, so most companies, when they get to a certain size, will hire people just to focus on these applications and take the best advantage of them. So, um, and I think the only other thing would be leadership is that, you know, we'll always, we will always want to know when we look at a company is who's kind of the designated tech guy, right? I mean, so you may not have a, a, a CIO or a CTO in a smaller company, but there's usually somebody responsible for technology and, you know, who is that person? And, you know, they really should know everything about their company in terms of technology. So, you know, that becomes very critical. So it's interesting to me that you say that even, you know, at the level where someone's getting private equity, you're running into people who aren't 
doing all of this? To me, it sort of sounds, and maybe it's because I run around with technology companies, so their technology is usually <laughs> somewhat in place in that area. But it sounds like it's not uncommon for you to run into somebody who, you know, is band-aiding things together with uh, a couple of Excel spreadsheets and a, and a CRM. Unfortunately, it's more common than we would like to think. And that's that's one of the reasons I, I, I really uh, uh, appreciate you bringing me on your show, because I think, you know, it, 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 if business owners kind of get in front of a, a number of these things and just realize what like a private equity firm might look for uh, from a technology perspective. And I know what we look for then you know, at down the road, it, it can't do anything but help. Yeah, absolutely. So based on your experience, what advice do you have for, let's say those middle market businesses? Cause that's what the Austin technology council, we focus on that, that two to a hundred, hundred plus million as well uh, for middle market business owners who are looking to sell their company. You know, what, what, what would you say to them? Yeah, I think a number of things. Um, I, I, I think just first and foremost, maybe just as a, as a thought exercise, just viewing technology as an enabler, not as a necessary evil. I mean, it's it. it I know a lot of people look at it like that because it can be very frustrating. Totally understand it, but it, it really will enable uh, a company to grow, or you know, get in. Make growth is always the goal, but to get you where you want to be uh, and probably do it more efficiently uh, than that, than otherwise. Um, it, it really is, we like to say, you know, think of it as a journey <laughs> and, and how to best accomplish your goals. You have where you are today, where you want to be. And that's what, that's the way private equity will look at it is like, they're going to only own your company for probably about five years and then they're going to want to sell it. So they're going to try to do as much as they can in that time frame. So that's the way we look at it. And that's what, when we talk to our client, our private equity clients is like, we describe it as a journey. You know where you are, you know where you want to be, how you're going to get there and how will technology help to do that. Um, I think, as, as I said earlier uh, as well, I, I think, you know, CEOs and founders, you know, that, that leadership and the vision that you have, you know, for your business uh, obviously is critical, but that should also extend to technology and how you're going to use that, just as I said, in terms of, um, you know, that, that journey. So I really think it's, you know, the founders and CEOs of companies that can really start, you know, thinking that way. It, it makes it makes a big difference because we have, uh, you know, uh, done some assessments of companies that where we've seen that, as I described earlier, and it, it really, it really does sh- show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think also that, um, you know, when you go to sell your company, you'll go through a diligence process. And most people are familiar with, uh, you know, financial diligence, which can be very exhaustive, um, a legal diligence, but, and, but now there's technology diligence as well. And, you know, what we've seen is most firms are just not prepared for that. You know, we, we describe it as the third pillar of the stool. <laughs> stool can't stand without at least three, three, <laughs> three, three legs. So technology really is that third leg and it's becoming much more important as we, as we t- talked about earlier. And, and what are the, um, what are the other two legs? Uh, the finance, financial and the legal. So financial, legal, and technology it really is, is a way we describe it now. Um, so most firms are familiar with the financial and the legal. Technology is, I think, new for a number of companies. And that's, again, I appreciate you having me on to talk about this because I think the more you can prepare for that process in terms of te- the technology side and I, you know what we look for, the better off you'll be, as we, we said. So it's... Um, it's it's really being prepared and most aren't so i think what so what does that mean uh primarily it's um you know identify and know all the technology that you use in your company 
And you'd be surprised. Um, we'll ask that question during the process and we'll get, you know, let's say on average 40 to 40 or so applications or pieces of software or services that they use. And it's almost always, you know, 50 to 200% more than that. And, you know, we took a pretty exhaustive view. So, uh, and you know, (laughs) the way we do it, and I would say the way, uh, if you want to in your own company to do that is go look at your general ledger, look at all the payments that are made to all firms that have anything to do with technology that's how we, that's how we do it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it's always, uh, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to use something, you got to pay for it. So it'll be in there. Um, you know, I am, we, we totally understand that, you know, smaller companies can't sit there and document and produce documents on every little thing they do, but, you know, having just some documentation on, you know, what you're doing from a technology perspective is helpful. Uh, and, and it does show, you know, a level of maturity, uh, that's important. Um, so, uh, again, we don't expect, we make a pretty significant documentation request when we do a diligence and, uh, and, um, you know, we don't expect to get at least, you know, half of that, but it, it is interesting to see what we get, but you know, any documentation is helpful. Because you work with both companies and the private equity firms, can you just take a minute to explain, like, when's the right time for a company to go look for private equity? Because a lot of people don't understand in this process. I know we're shifting gears, but I, I figure mm. you probably have some good insight for the people inside companies who are listening who think private equity sounds like a good idea, but they really don't know what it means. Yeah, you know, it, it's an interesting thing. I think, uh, you know, every most people found companies and they, and they create a business because they want to, as they call it, a liquidity event. <laughs> so, you know, getting, getting a, a payday for what you built, selling your company, um, you know, IPO is, you know, that's the, it's not, that's not going to happen for most firms, but most firms, you know, it's hard to grow and, you know, there's a number of reasons to do it. So yes, it's a payday for, for the founders, but it's also an infusion of, of capital so that you can continue to grow your business. So I think that, uh, it, it really is, it really comes down to those, you know, as a founder, what are you trying to accomplish? And it's, you know, if you decide to go do that, uh, to go create, you know, go to private equity, you know, be prepared for the process. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's a very exhaustive and detailed process. I can't tell you how many times we've talked to folks and they say, yeah, we're, you know, we get, uh, you know, 10, 12 requests a day uh, for information, for data, for clarify this, let's get on a call and talk about everything. So just be prepared for that. But, you know, also just know that, you know, if you sell a majority of your company that, you know, essentially the private equity is your new owner and, uh, and, uh, you know, they're pretty demanding. So, <laughs> you know, I think it's being, being, uh, being, uh, prepared for that part of the process as well. So I, I mean, specifically, I can't, I can't say the right time, but it's just, I think that's those, some of the factors that I would think about if I were in that position. All right. So last question for you. While you don't exclusively work with firms in Austin, you do a lot of work here in the Central Texas area. So what's great about the Austin technology ecosystem in 2022 and beyond? Why Austin? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been here for 20 years and, uh, you know, my, my wife was born here. So, you know, to hear her describe what the city was like <laughs> in the 70s and 80s, it's 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 almost hard to even imagine. Uh, but in the 20 years I've been here, I mean, it, this this city has grown fantastically. And what I, what I think is interesting is that, you know, I, I think Dell had a big part of that, um, you know, in, in kind of creating a, a business here, you know, you, was famously at UT and, and dropped out. So, um, but, um, you know, it, 
so that attracted some venture capital. And I think what we've seen over the last five years or so is that it's, you know, PE firms are moving their, their, their headquarters here. I mean, you know, we talked about technology companies moving their headquarters here, you know, Tesla and, and things like that. So, I mean, it's, it's a very dynamic place from a technology perspective. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. I mean, so, you know, yeah, we, we do work all over the place, but uh, uh, you know, there's so much going on here. <laughs> we, we almost don't even need to look beyond Austin to some extent, but we, we do. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a fun place. Well, and I agree with you. There's so much going on. And like I said, uh, you know, the Austin technology council was, was founded 30 years ago, you know, to help guide and, and, you know, be a voice and be a connector for people like that. So now as we look to the next decade and the next three decades, if you will, you know, I think that the best years are still ahead for Austin, but, uh, your wife knows this. It changed a lot in the last 30 plus years. I moved here 31 years ago and, you know, I saw, I saw the potential that Austin was going to be a bigger deal than it was. I had no idea that in 30 years we would, you know, triple in size and uh, build, build one road along the way. We got to get our transportation and our housing things under control, but that's where these growth oriented companies come in because we have so many brilliant people in the technology field here in Austin that we need to bring them together uh, to be advocates for how do we control and, and help manage the growth that's ahead. But, but I'm pretty bullish on the future of Austin. What about you? Uh, absolutely. And, and I think something, you know, an organization like ATC is so important to that. So uh, it's, I'm, <laughs> I was really happy when I saw you uh, coming in as the, as the leader. I mean, it was a great organization before, but I think uh, you'll, you'll take it to the next level. So I think uh, no question. Austin is um, Austin is, is a great place to be. Nice. I think a lot of people think that. <laughs> well, well, clearly lots of people think so because they're, they're still moving here. Hey, Brian Beck, thank you so much for being a guest here on Making Waves at Sea Level. Thanks for having me. Hey, and thanks to our other sponsor of this episode, Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. They have been my partner on this show for eight years, and I never could have created this podcast and worked on all the other shows that I've had the pleasure to work with if it wasn't for Podfly Productions. For an exclusive offer for people who listen to Making Waves at Sea Level, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. And finally, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast joy. Go uh, and then go out there and make waves in your business and have some fun along the way. And whatever it is that you do, find a way to positively positively impact the people who you encounter today. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.